0: interviewed from the modern man approach of uh, clinical psychology and psychoanalysis. So have something nice to drink next to you, maybe a cup of tea, have a seat, or go out for a nice walk in nature, maybe. Enjoy. Enjoy. In this episode that focuses on psychology, I want to speak to you about a notion, a concept really, that is used in daily speech a lot. It's a little bit of a buzz, I guess, as well, buzzword. But it's also something that is a founding concept in the therapeutic world. And it's been used in the psycho analytic world and the word is resilience. And I would want to speak about it today because I think that there's also a misuse a little bit of it that can be cold hearted I'm taking a couple of seconds away from the episode just to bring your attention towards my program, Nourish Balance Thrive. It's the eight-week online program, finding balance again through the help of Ayurveda and psychology. We will start a new round in the new year. And if you want to find balance in your physical body, in your mind and in your heart, through the natural way by tuning into the law of nature maybe dealing with things such as chronic inflammation or fatigue things like insulin resistance or attention deficit or even just feeling better in your body and in your mind then this program is for you I've created this program in a dynamic that there's individual work for every person but also group dynamic with weekly calls and of course interactions with me on a daily basis. It's been created as well in a way that you should be able to maintain your daily activities all the while we're having the program going in the background so that you can definitely implement the new habits and see the results while you're still maintaining of course the life that you are living as well. Do reach out if you want more information. You can simply email me and you find all the information in the show notes of the episode. Because right now as well, the program is at the lowest price that it will ever have. So don't wait. Reach out today. Get more information on the program. Get in touch with me and make sure that it meets your needs. What resilience is... Well, the use, the use of the word originally in this field comes from the use of the world in a more agriculture perspective. And it's the capacity of the soil that we use to grow uh, wheat, for instance, or seeds and grains. It's capacity to come back after a natural disaster, such as flooding, for instance, where the soil has been underwater for a long period of time and, and there's been a lot of changes, and then how quickly it comes back and can be used again. And so that is where we find the word resilience originally. And therefore, it has been used in the psychological aspect, as a way to bounce back from traumatic events. So we have a capacity to be resilient that is actually not equal as adults, because it also depends very much on a certain number of factors that were there for us as children in order to integrate that we could actually bounce back from a traumatic event. And so it is very much linked to how we learn to attach to other people as well as children. It has been said or stated by those who study the concept that there's the before, during, and after of a traumatic event that will have different variables and that will then basically be the switch for the process that resilience is because resilience is not something just that happens, it's a process of bouncing back. And so if there is in the before the event a secure attachment to caretakers as well as a capacity to understand to have a mental processing capacity as well and then after the traumatic event that there's support from other people as well as a possibility to make sense of what happened then we switch on let's say we start Our process of resilience. This means that if we have created already a solid base in ourselves and then we go through things that might be challenging, that might make no sense and create a lot of fear, then afterwards with the possibility of speaking to other people around us to feel that we are supported from a support system, a network really, then we will bounce back and we might actually become stronger. I wanted to speak about this subject very much as a continuing of all the things I've been speaking about at the end of last year which means stress in our systems, inflammation that becomes chronic, loneliness as a state that we are in, and of course, the broken brain. As you may imagine, when we are going through those kind of internal states, we're not really coming from a solid and strong base, as we face traumatic events. So our capacity to be resilient in a situation that happens to us right now, will be less strong or just simply be less if we are living with a broken brain, if we are experiencing chronic stress, a chronic inflammation, and if we're feeling lonely. And I can, of course, then speak about how to make sure that we create a a solid base for the rest of our lives. But I wanted to come in first and speak about why we are not equal in this aspect to start with. And that is, of course, because of the, well, let's say transgenerational traces in our bodies and minds, this idea that what you see in front of you when you look at yourself is the sum of all the past experiences from day one, but more than that, of course, of what past generations have gone through as well that which in the yogic philosophy would be called samskaras or the past impressions. So we really are not born with a blank sheet, to be honest, a tabula rasa, because we are born with things from the past already existing inside of us. And even so, easily seen what our care takers or caregivers or parents very often have experienced, they will knowingly or unknowingly give us as well. So if we would come into the, the solid base that we would need to have as we walk into traumatic events in life, the attachment that we have, if we feel secure or not secure as we develop our relationship to our parents will very much depend on their capacity to make us feel that way. And the society we live in, of course, does not necessarily promote that relationship because if they would, if it would, it would mean that everyone in the world would have a possibility to take off quite a lot of time from work, for instance, when they just had a baby. And I'm not speaking only of women due to the physiological aspect of bouncing back from the trauma that childbirth is, but the capacity for the father as well to take time and create a relationship with the newborn child. There are many aspects that play in as we create a secure relationship to our caregivers. And so many of us might not have such a secure relationship attachment style. Let's also remind ourselves that even the notion of attachment styles was founded when the world looked quite different to what it looks today. People were not moving around the way they do today. And we did not have as many options when it comes to who we create relationships with. And the options we had were very often, of course, then people who had quite similar experiences from the past. Because even back in the 50s, 60s, people didn't move from their birth town very often and did definitely not change countries as easily as we do today. So creating a a very secure, what was called a secure attachment style, was a whole different can of worms in the fifties as opposed to now. The fact that our capacity to understand and to make mental structures in our heads of what happens to us is crucial this is of course why most of the wounds that we carry with us for a very long time into adulthood from childhood came to be before we actually could do this and which is why it's so hard to grasp them because we don't have the words to put on it and that's also of course why they affected us in a way that's so invasive and that capacity to, men, to make these mental structures for ourselves goes hand in hand, of course, with a secure attachment. It is when we form a secure relationship with our parents that they teach us as well how to process thought. Then whatever happens in our life happens. So there's all these kind of events that might not have been from the external eye that traumatic, might have affected us in a traumatic way, which means that it was integrated without, well, integrated is not actually at all the right word, obviously, but it was interiorized without being processed and understood and therefore left a mark on us that had us become a completely different person after the event or after what we went through. Because it might not just be one event, right? And this is why our bodies look the way they do. This is why there's blockages here and there. This is why, because life force finds its way around the numbness, around the blocked parts in order to continue to grow. And so the path of life is not just this straight line, of course, So it takes all kinds of turns in order to continue. And that is what we have to deal with as adults. Once we're there and go, okay, so this is the life that I've gone through. And this is what I see, of course, with patients. It is the wish to not address the different curbs that their life path has taken, but to want to straighten it out instead, which is, of course, the reason as well why most people sit down and say, I had a beautiful childhood. So that's not something that we need to look into. But the truth is that everyone had troubles in childhood because that's how we came to be in the personality that we developed. And then depending on what the after traumatic experience is, so is there support? and is there a way to make sense to it all by, well, basically verbalizing it, then we can start to become resilient. And if you will, let's use our childhood as the traumatic experience. Understand that this does not mean horrible situations. It means events that happen to us potentially because our parents were stressed or depressed or addicts to whatever, actually, didn't have time for us. So we came into this life with a completely open agenda. Love me. Let me belong so that I know that I will survive. And then life happens, childhood happens, and we begin to take very personally all kinds of stuff that happened around us. So we take it as if it's something wrong with us. It's our fault that this and that happened. And this is how trauma happens, right? Because it's a question of perception. How do you perceive it? How does it trace itself inside of you? Not the objective idea of what actually happened. And unless we find a way to... Make sense of everything that happened in childhood, our capacity to improve our resilience doesn't start since it's a process, right? The whole idea of the therapeutic work, I want to say, could be almost narrowed down to that after the traumatic event having support and the possibility to make sense to make sense means to verbalize to express it this is why as well there's beautiful ways of making sense of things to verbalize through the expression of something artistic even which is why anyone who expresses and feels the desire to express something artistically, whether it's through, I don't know, physically moving the body, writing, painting, singing, all of that is really this therapy to oneself, to make sense of who you are. That begins the process of resilience begins the process, of, if you will, of becoming whole. And the therapy situation is that there's a support there. Now, this is why, once again, I always want to put the emphasis on the importance of making a difference between support, being there to support or hold the space, whatever you want to call it, and trying to improve something because that is not the same thing. So the therapeutic situation is there to be supportive, to be a support, and then to make sense through verbalizing. It allows for us to recreate the bond that we had with our parents, but in a way that will serve us more. There is a notion that's called transference, that is essential for the therapeutic work to commence. And this means that the patient needs to have a certain report or rapport relationship to the therapist, the analyst, the psychologist for this to work as if to project the idea of the relationship with the parent that they wish to have so that they can actually have that relationship and then become resilient. And this is of course what we see when there's anger towards the therapist or the incapacity to commit to the cure, not coming every week at the same time and all of that, not being able to commit to a long-term relationship to the therapist, all of that is the projection of how we are capable of creating relationships that last due to how we were taught to create relationships to begin with. So once we are engaged with our therapist, this happens every week at that day, at that time, we begin actually to recreate something that we might not have known at all how to do until then. Therefore, we start the process of becoming resilient. And so what I really love about this idea of resilience, is that it's not trying to erase the past. It's not trying to really even change us so much. It's more a question of recreating a bond and a safe base so that we can make sense of whatever life was for us, ...in a safe space... ...so that when we then go out... ...to meet the world again... ...we can do this... ...from this... ...decomplexed... ...space. What do I mean by decomplexed? When there is a lot of... ...resistance... ...due to shame... ...due to guilt due to fear in general, we're so blocked in our armor, we're so rigid that we become reactionary to anything that triggers whatever we're ashamed about or guilty about or have fear about. Whereas when we have recreated that bond, we've created a a much safer feeling inside of us, we have made peace with that inside of us. It didn't go away. It's not something that is cancelled in any way. What it is is that we've made peace with it and that it doesn't have the control over us that it used to. And then we can be so open to anything that we encounter because it doesn't touch us the same way anymore. It doesn't trigger us. We are not allowing for this to define us. See, I think that that is very much the key word here. The idea that it defines us. People may say things to us. People may act in ways towards us. Things might just happen to us and we might do things ourselves as well. That we all along are so afraid of because we believe that it defines who we are. It says something crucial about us. And so when we have gone through this process, so we started to become resilient instead... It doesn't define us anymore. We can see it for what it is. We can see that it's not the five-year-old that's hurt, that's encountering the situation. It's the adult. But in order for that to become, we need to heal that fragile, that really fragile part of ourselves that we consider as I, the Contraction that happens as we perceive a sense of I when our default mode network is active. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast and this episode. I am very grateful. If you enjoyed this and you think that other people could enjoy this, please help me to spread the word. Share this episode on any channel that you have of social media or messaging. And even more so, I would really appreciate if you know one other person who might benefit from my words today specifically take that one minute it takes to simply share this episode with one person remember that there's a human being on the other side of your phone of your earpods of this microphone and i would love to hear your thoughts on what i've been talking about so please leave a comment send me a message directly if you wish this is charlotte this is me See you next time. Namaste.